We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Hello, and welcome back to a special edition of Rotoviz Overtime. We are ready to go. It's myself and Sean Siegel. We are drafting over at underdogfantasy.com we have just drawn the 102 selection it is the underdog puppy two so we are going to go and have some fun here sean with a draft if you are drafting over at underdog fantasy you can use the code rotoviz to get yourself a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 when you are operating on a new account but sean i was joking with you before we started you've had some Bad luck with the draft slots over the, the last couple of days here, um, getting those late round draft slots. But 102 here, how are we looking? Are you excited? And and who are the options that you want to take here? I am. It's great to be back up at the top, even though that does uh, probably encourage us to do a running back oriented draft, which is something that... Oh, I'll, I'll change the tone there. Uh, a running back in the first round or a draft rather than a running back oriented draft okay okay so we're going to take one running back here and the number one pick was justin jefferson let's go Uh, i think that yeah i mean you probably are on board with that you selected justin jefferson early in the scott fishbowl but that leaves jonathan taylor and christian mccaffrey has to be taylor has to be taylor it's still going to be harder to get taylor than mccaffrey even after the baker mayfield signing i have these players very very even we'll take the one that will be more difficult to get yeah, I think mo- most of the time, unless it's a draft like this where a wide receiver likes say, and it usually is Jefferson or Cup chasing there sometimes, maybe CMC sometimes goes 101, but I think if you're not drafting in the 101 and you get an option to take Jonathan Taylor, I think you, you have to do it. And I did a couple of drafts recently where I went 0RB even out of the 101, so I've passed up on Taylor a couple of times. So when Taylor bounced, I thought, yeah, let, that's that's the way to go, so... The one thing I'm going to say, Sean, is don't 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 force feed us those running backs in the in the dead zone here today. Okay, no force feeding dead zone running backs. We'll pull up our underdog ADP so we can see how things have been moving over the last couple of weeks. Looking at the tool here on the Rotoviz website, one of the three really fantastic underdog tools. 
pull up some some risers and fallers in the top 50 and column i don't think it's any surprise to anyone that dj moore up six gabriel davis up six more he continues to rise people love to bet that week 17 bills Bengals game obviously only so many people in each individual draft can do that but i think fading that game is another interesting way to play it although gabriel davis we love i mean he's someone that trying to get onto all dynasty teams right now it's interesting column to have a 23 year old potential breakout star who's much more expensive in redraft than he is in dynasty that gives you pause a little bit in both directions but something we're definitely seeing there travis etn up five terry mclaurin up almost five Brees hall up four hall makes sense etn makes sense what are your thoughts about terry mclaurin rising at the same time that Jahan Dotson is generating rave reviews for his early camp performances. Yeah, I'm interested in McLaurin rising. Like, there's just a tear there, and I've talked on the show before, particularly over the last two seasons. I really like Terry McLaurin, but in terms of the quarterback that he's going to be playing with this year, it gives me huge concerns. And there is a range where he was going previously, where there's just a kind of very flat area of kind of veteran receivers that I'm trying not to draft if I, I can avoid it and uh, that has been the way I, i've been playing it on on most occasions so i would have a lot of pause around the increase in adp but again if he's going up the way it's a situation where there's other players that are going to be maybe dropping a few slots to us at times so I, i'm still not really trying to get him on my rosters um are, are you are, can you see any reason other than signing the contract that that we're boosting that adp at the moment yeah, no, I don't. I, perhaps drafters are getting more comfortable with the fact that Carson Wentz is going to be the QB, more comfortable with the idea that this offense will be functional, will be competent. I guess I'm not sure that I'm there yet. And when you add legitimate targets, that moves it down even more for me because one of the main elements for McLaurin has been sort of this air yard share. He's one of the guys who has elite peripherals even as he struggled to score points. Those peripherals could be impacted by some of the other players on his team. And then you, you know, you don't have the efficiency, you don't have the peripherals, and you're simply not a player who deserves to go at the ADP he's going. Of course, you can obviously tell yourself the opposite story where this is the season where it all comes together and those peripherals are actually realized in terms of fantasy scoring. So it's not that he's a horrible selection, but I think you do have some other options at that point and some other ways to kind of play it big picture where you don't need to take that particular risk. This isn't a situation with Carson Wentz where you would expect uh, any type of a, a Matthew Stafford-esque bump that we saw last year in, in such a huge way with Cooper Cup. So something to consider when you look on the other side of it and falling players include guys like DK Metcalf, and that one also no surprise column considering that he no longer really has the pathway to a quarterback other than Geno Smith or Drew Locke. Now, there, there are still some, some far outside scenarios, but now that Baker Mayfield has been grabbed up by the Panthers, we are seeing Metcalf fall and fall into an area that perhaps is extremely compelling for him. But we're back on the clock. We have 18 seconds. T. Higgins, Javante Williams, A.J. Brown are the three players I have in the queue. Which direction would you like to go? I want to get two players out of T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, and Mike Williams, and I don't mind which you want to take out of Higgins or A.J. Brown. I'm going with both of them. Higgins is the higher ADP, so I think we take him, and then we uh, 
we see what happens with AJ Brown with the the pick here at the the two twelve and the the three oh one. Um, you have Javante in there. I think that again, this is the range he's going in. An interesting pick for sure. Going into that second season, hoping to see that leap. But again, I'm I'm always cautious in these underdog drafts, and this is one that has gone quite strong with running backs to see those wide receivers dry up quite quickly especially when we're waiting on those gaps between picks so i would like to to see if we can get a second one um the other name that i see you're putting into the queue is kyle pitts that would also be a an option here if aj brown goes um so how, how are you feeling at that point and the other thing i just want to add in there is keenan allen actually went so we have a, a variety of options here I'll, I'll touch on the other points sean after we decide who we want to take i i would lean aj brown but if you wanted to go with with pets that's okay as well the other point i was going to make is we we take aj brown to make it some of sean's extra thoughts on that but you mentioned the you know the bump there for mclaurin and the the drop for metcalf you know what i would kind of be hoping when the situation arose with washington i was kind of hoping that we would see mclaurin drop an adp kind of like what we're seeing with metcalf <laughs> then i might be interested but when that adp is rising it's just for me it's not something that i'm going to be to be chasing after um you took aj brown there quite quite uh quickly when the option was given to us you had javante in there as well i mentioned mike williams for me i have higgins and brown in a tier very close to williams but i have them just ahead of him probably actually in the same tier but ranked in that order and then because we took uh because we took Taylor, I was willing to pass up on Williams. What's your thoughts on on AJ Brown? I know I know Ben's thoughts on AJ Brown from the Stealing Bananas podcast, but what's Sean Siegel's thoughts on AJ Brown? He's just such a massive talent, right? And I think that you have to bet on that. It does also set up for the potential to put him with Jalen Hurts, who feels like the real tournament winner in so many different leagues in 2022. And yet the, my concern would simply be that there are other ways to play that offense and that Hertz is a quarterback that you can go empty with and still have him win the tournament for you. Because of that, I think that Brown actually, in some ways, actually closes off some pathways that I like, one of which is Devontae Smith. I think that the gap in ADP between Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown is very exploitable and that you should probably be skewing toward smith you think about what he did in his junior year at college where he was better than jerry judy and jalen waddle you look at what he did in his final year in college when he wins the heisman trophy you look at what he did as a rookie in the nfl when he had this poor passing situation with the philadelphia eagles Devontae smith's price is kind of crazy except that we know that he's competing with aj brown and dallas goddard and that he's in this offense that may be very very run heavy so if your slice of the pie isn't great and the pie is you know one of those little sort of treat um, an individual portion yeah pie. a little you know you're, you're in your little aluminum foil pan some key lye pie that you get uh, at the, the local bakeries once you split that up i mean it's very very good but there's not You're a lot to go around. So we have those concerns. But one of the reasons why I think that Jalen Hurts is so exciting is because they have surrounded him with such incredible weapons at this point. And I think that part of that is that you're going to get some efficiency, especially in individual games, that is shocking to people. 
but also because the coach just wants to pass more, right? I mean, you, you want to put together the type of offense that can win a Super Bowl. And so the Eagles are moving in that direction. I think that you have to take A.J. Brown there because when you can go Jonathan Taylor, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, I mean, that's a start that you can't resist. It's also a situation where the next tier of wide receiver is just so far below him in terms of talent. That doesn't mean they couldn't outscore him for the reasons that we've mentioned, but I, I think that you have to make that play. If I'm not in that exact draft slot, then Devontae Smith is really the way that I'm trying to play this offense. Yeah, and we've drafted Smith a good few times together, and there's a, quite a few drafts where um, I'm, like you mentioned there, I'm not looking to really stack the offense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to just get my shares and, and play it in a little bit of a different way. But as we are four picks away and we're looking at some of the options that we have in the queue at the minute, we have Jalen Waddle, Gabriel Davis, who Sean mentioned earlier, is continuing to rise, Cal Makers, Brees Hall, and Jerry Judy. DK Metcalf is there as well. And, um, you know, if we were looking to go tight end, we would have George Kittle as a potential option. Um, I think we're in a an interesting range here where we're four picks away. It could get flat very quickly or it could be okay very quickly. The other part to consider is we're hoping to get two of these guys that are going to be in our list as we move forward from, you know, that spot. So we're one pick away. We'll have that pick and then we'll have a pick and three picks after that so we are on the clock sean the last couple of picks were waddle davis herbert kettle i'm going to look to pass on the running back options here probably but unless you want to go i know Brees hall is the guy that we're targeting here with 14 seconds left are you looking to go Brees hall yeah well i don't know that we have a wide receiver who necessarily justifies this pick do you feel like we do we we've taken Brees hall after the question is asked that's a, an amazing way that sean played that out um i would have been willing to go with either judy or metcalf and then hope that bateman comes back but the situation is now that we're guaranteed to get one of those three guys when it comes back here to us as the the team at the back end of the round are making their selections any preference sean between the guys that are available there we mentioned metcalf and his dip in adp we obviously have jerry judy with the Broncos and Russell Wilson and I'm big on Bateman this year heading into the season the tricky part is is when we're looking at these tournaments Bateman can be a little bit hard to stack because of the Lamar Jackson close proximity to where he's going how are you feeling here as we wait on a couple of seconds before our next pick yeah I think the big thing there was that Hall is the player who's going to rise in value and the rest of these players are going to stay or they're going to fall I'm okay with Judy and it's a nice pick here that if he breaks out, I think the upside is significant. DK Metcalf, I think he's going to have a strong season. I'm not concerned about the stack element with Bateman. Which player do you prefer? Let's get somebody other than Cam Akers. Anyway, pick anybody. <laughs> Did we get him? We got him. Of course. Sean's very confident in these situations. Um, I just didn't want to get Cam Akers, Sean. That's the, the truth there. Um, I think that Metcalf has a strong season i don't think the ceiling is what it was obviously last year but i i do think there's a pretty like significant chance that he is going in the second round next year that's probably to do with a different quarterback on the roster but yeah i think um for me there it's between those three guys and i'm, I'm kind of divvying it up a little bit would have preferred to get two of the three guys but we do get our guy Brees hall um, as we continue to draft him sean you mentioned him increasing in adp i do think that is um, a good point one of our recent podcasts we talked about 
you know the most efficient time to draft these teams when you're going to get the most edge on those and i talked a minute ago about the fact that we're seeing the adp rise of terry mcclure i think we're going to get to camp and we're going to get very positive news around Brees hall and that adp will will go and increase where do you think at this moment in time that adp settles for Brees hall it's going to depend a lot on just how dynamic he is in training camp and if they allow him to play very much in the preseason i think once drafters see a few highlights he's going to vault into that range where it's just an early third mid second i don't think there's that much of a limit to where he can rise because there aren't that many running backs in the nfl who have that talent level and place and time to get those big seasons of the first you know two three years of a player's career i'm not saying that Brees hall is going to go out and have an ezekiel elliott or saquon barkley rookie season that's really more than we should be hoping for but he's a big talent and so the chances that you get a lot of production especially a lot of production during the time of the year that matters most for winning fantasy terms i mean so much of the discussion is based on stacking and correlation and who is going to be the week 17 winner from that perspective and i don't think that drafters should ignore that that is something that you want to make sure that you at least have considered as you're building out your portfolio making sure that your teams fit together and tell a story that will allow you to win the whole thing but the individual players who have second half of the season upside and playoff upside are going to play a much bigger role just in terms of them being the guys who score the points than some of these other elements and so you want to make sure you've seeded your team with that type of player from that perspective i think that element is more important and if you can get them now at a price that allows them to actually beat adp in a meaningful way as opposed to just being someone who you know hits on it when once Brees hall is done rising then yeah i mean he can still be a tournament winner for you because whoever scores the two three touchdowns has a 150 yard rushing game week 16 week 17 those guys are going to be the players who matter but from a perspective of can you advance out of your league can you get as many teams into the week 17 portion of the tournament as possible having the best players at the best prices is what's really going to make a difference for you yeah, and I think I I feel like you're kind of spot on there. I think it'll be late second to kind of early third. I think it'll go on that Nick Chubb, Javon, where we talked about Javante Williams, but just behind him, I think could be where we see him rise to. We are seven picks away. We so far we have Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, T. Higgins, AJ Brown, and DK Metcalf. So we're starting off here, uh, pretty pretty nice. Um, Sean got that one extra running back in there. So, you know, it's hard to rein Sean in when he's drafting these running backs, but um, we have to go with it. We are six picks away. As I mentioned, we are playing in the Puppy 2 over at Underdog Fantasy. If you use the code RODOVIS while signing up, you can get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. And this is a $5 entry tournament. That means you basically get 20 free entries if you sign up and deposit $100. So that is worth it. Once again, the code is RODOVIS. Sean, we're four picks away as we start to look here. You have Devontae Smith, who we talked about earlier in the queue. You have Joe Burrow, who we could stack with T. Higgins. Then we have Drake London. So three picks away now. Interesting option, I do think, in Joe Burrow here. Other quarterbacks would be Russell Wilson. Um, we obviously did pass on the, the option to, to have Judy there, but there will be options later. And then Trey Lance is another quarterback option. 
we really are in that that window for the quarterbacks. So Devontae Smith, are we we looking maybe to pass based on on having AJ Brown and what we talked about earlier, or are we looking to maybe add him in? Elijah Moore is there too. We've talked about probably playing the guard Wilson side of that. I think we're in a range here where getting at least one quarterback makes sense as Devontae Smith actually goes off the pick before that. So we do have Joe Burrow, we have Wilson, we have Lance's options, and Rick London. I think we go Burrow here and, and pair him up with T. Higgins. What do you think? Yeah, this this fits perfectly. It's right at ADP. A big thing we've talked about is not forcing the stacks and you know letting them come to you. And that that one there is pretty much perfect for us at ADP. It is. Now, the next player here that I'm kind of hoping we'll get through this pick is Drake London. The rookie wide receivers seem to be undervalued column. I'm looking at the ADP charting for London, again, on the underdog ADP tool. And he has been falling over the last month, really about 10 slots. Have any explanation for that? And, and is he the guy you want right here? Yeah, I'll take London as well. The only other thing would be if we went second quarterback, but I think that we'll wait a, a round or two and see what options maybe uh, come to us at a little bit better values. Uh, Trey Lance did go off the board, the pick before that. The picks between when we selected and when we took Drake London were Russell Gage and Tony Pollard. We see Antonio Gibson then go off the board, but um, I can't really see anything, Sean, other than we had the draft. People probably a little bit excited then about the rookies. We've had some camps, some little bits of news come out, nothing much. And maybe just the hype has maybe slowed down and, and people who are drafting are starting to, to move up some guys like Russell Gage went there and recent picks you talked about earlier. Um, you know, Gabriel Davis moving up. Maybe there's just some other players that are the hot name and they're, they're moving up at the moment. But there is some other rookie players, I think, that, are going to bounce back and those values are going to go up all this is going to take is a catch or two <laughs> released and i'm always the one that criticizes the team's social media accounts for posting highlights of actually bad plays that the the interns on, on these social media teams think are, are really impressive plays but i think we'll see those guys start to to scream up this is an interesting range where nrq at the moment you also have trail on burks will be you know goes around 90 in terms of adp so maybe an option our next pick sky Moore is in there in that range there's quite a few rookies that go kind of from the i guess we'll say the seventh round through the the 11th round that are, are very interesting and again like you touched on with the hall pick you're trying to get players who are going to ascend in value and and i think that the likes of you know the reports are coming out of trail on works and you know not looking fit in that but these guys i think will all be perfectly fine come september so i think now is the time to, to take those shots Branton Ayuk was in our queue. He goes off the board. Michael Thomas also went off the board just before that with Dak Prescott and DeAndre Hopkins. Still not confident in, in Thomas playing this season. We'll see what happens there. Still quiet on the, the Saints side. And Hopkins obviously missing the early portion of the season. But in a best ball format like this, depending on how you structure that draft, could be a hammer down the stretch. We are eight picks away, Sean. It's usually around this point that I start to see what players are available i don't like to get too excited before that point so we do have those couple of rookie wide receivers in the queue a lot of veteran options here chase claypool's there as well you know we could have some uh, advantages to the, the quarterback play for them like i just don't think it can be understated how bad ben roethlisberger was last year and while chase claypool didn't look good last year i think 
know anything i think even mitch trubisky i think is going to be an upgrade there at the quarterback position so who else sean you have singletary in there you have ken walker in there you don't have to ask about my thoughts i don't think at this point on on singletary uh but what are we thinking based on our build so far is we may potentially get into second qb in the window here yeah second qb in the window would definitely be a compelling pick if it's as flat as it looks like it will be we obviously need tight ends but once you miss on tj hawkinson then you actually have a pretty long wait it's into really the 115 ish range by draft slot that you look there and we're going to be drafting at 95 and 98 so the following turn really for tight ends it could be the following turn for quarterbacks as well justin fields is going around 123 which would give us another shot at him i don't know that any of these current quarterbacks with the weapons slash the profiles necessarily answer the questions especially since we don't have the wide receivers with them tom brady missing some pieces obviously matthew stafford doesn't give that rushing ability and they may be run centric if everything goes the way that they hope aaron Rodgers missing some pieces Derek carr we don't have waller or Devonte adams kirk cousins obviously so i think this is probably a spot that we can wait and Traylon burks is still here i mean he could fall even quite a bit more but i i guess i don't mind selecting him no i think we'll take him here it is at a you know we're we're not going to count it as a great value it is it is two picks after adp but i think again uh, it's worth a, a shot there based on the options that were available i do think sean you were kind of touching on it there i think waiting to see if we can get fields is the the way i would like to play it and if we miss out on him maybe it becomes a, a three quarterback build then we are back on the clock the interesting sean if you want uh, i don't know how far down adp wise you are tyler boyd is there and um, we could potentially stack him in with the joe burrow pick because the other option is sky more if you want to go sky more we can do that or if you want to take uh tyler boyd's the other pick for me Sean breaks my heart as he drafts Sky Moore. Um, <laughs> all joking aside, love Sky Moore. Really happy to have him on it. Uh, how, the one thing, Sean, we haven't drafted Tyler Boyd, I don't think, on a roster together this year. I, I, Tyler Boyd will always have a place in my heart um, based on like one of our, I think it was the first season we did, wrote of his OT. He was a, a massive smash that season for you and the information you were sharing. And that obviously helped a lot of our teams, a lot of our listeners' teams. So, Tyler Boyd is always somebody who um, I like. Now, it's unlikely that that he gets back. Yeah, he he's probably going to go here in the next few picks. We'll see how it plays out. But playing out in a round or two in advance, the hope here, Sean, for me is that at this next turn, we get our we get our shot here at Justin Fields. Uh, if we don't get Justin Fields, are you on board with the the just holding off and then we get a, a three quarterback build at a, a lower cost? I think so. A number of the late QBs have become more compelling at this point, I believe, and I feel comfortable taking them late. To kind of go back to what we've done so far with the wide receivers, again, looking at the ADP charting, and we see falls for Drake London that I already mentioned, but a big fall for Traylon Burks where he's gone just in the last month from inside the top 80 to around 90th and then sky Moore also falling because he hasn't really practiced with kansas city i'll have that hamstring injury and has gone from inside the top 90 to around 100 
one of the questions that we've had on recent shows is a very interesting question is, you know, when do you want to draft? And then beyond that, since we know we're going to draft all throughout for the fun of it, what types of things do we need to do to benefit from drafting at the particular time that we're drafting? And I believe that right now is when you're going to see that price on these rookie wide receivers that you really want. You mentioned earlier, there's that enthusiasm post-draft. People are excited about them. They rise up. Then there are some questions, some issues, and the draft excitement goes away. And you're thinking, okay, well, actually, I, I want guaranteed points in this range. I'm going to go with these other players. And they start to slide. We don't know how soon that slide is going to stop or how big the rise will eventually be. But once we get back to those couple of weeks before the season starts, where otherwise you're going to have a lot of advantage drafting because you have a lot more information, but those key players are going to be more expensive. So when we're drafting now, I want to make sure that we're taking advantage of that and getting those values. Yeah, I think they're going to, that's when the steam will come and they'll, they'll start to move up. Some of the options here, we mentioned Fields. We're still hoping that he will be there. There's a couple of picks. One pick, in fact, Sean, we just need to wait that one pick. And then Ronald Jones is an option. Rashad White's there, Isaiah Spiller. There's some of our favorite kind of zero RB guys here in this range. Fields does make it to us, Sean, at this particular point. It is, you know, about seven picks ahead of his ADP, but I think based on what we want to do and potentially getting the two quarterback build, I think it makes sense to to take him as this next pick. How do you feel? Yeah, that'll work. The team in between us has four running backs already. So our risk to Jones, hopefully not terribly significant. This is right at his ADP, however. So if he does want another running back here, I would guess that Jones will be the guy. Kirk Cousins and Irv Smith go in the interim. Colin, we have Jones. You got to get that Minnesota stack. Are, are, are you on board with Rojo here? Oh, yeah, I'm on board. I, we, we drafted Sean um, on on Tuesday on the road of his live stream with Pat Corrine. And we all know Pat Corrine is a big Rojo guy. Rojo was available on the clock. Could not get him two separate times to draft Rojo. So I had to get my, my fixer Rojo over here. So... I think now we go John and Taylor, Brees Hall, Ronald Jones. We also have another um, Kansas City option there in Sky Moore. We have Drake London, Traylon Burks. We get those three rookie wide receivers. We get Metcalf, AJ Brown, and we also get T. Higgins in there. And then we have our quarterbacks in Fields and uh, Joe Burrow. So tight end obviously is a blank dot at the moment. Sean is adding some of those into the queue, but. I think to be able to to get Ronald Jones there to pair with the guys we got earlier and to get Fields is um, a really nice haul there because when we look at some of the players that went in that range, there's there's quite a few that I'm tempting to pass over. Um, it was looking for quite a while. I think six picks before our pick, Tyler Boyd did go off the clock or off the board. But yeah, we're in a, a spot now where I think that we can start to fill out the rest of the roster. We're done at quarterback and we're probably looking at a, a three tight end approach um and for regular listeners they'll they'll know the guys that we we tend to go for here i'm sure in the, the later rounds but how are you feeling so far sean about the the roster that I've, I've named out there we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It looks really good to me. I would have loved to have gotten Rondell Moore to go against Drake London in week 17. But we have Joe Burrow with T. Higgins. We have those big-bodied receivers in A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Traylon Burks. We have a little bit of exposure to Kansas City. If we're able to get Denver exposure late to play that game, that would be a lot of fun. Albert O. with an ADP of 145. We'll see if he comes back to us. I like both the players and the fits. I think that our structure here is absolutely perfect for an underdog draft. I think it fits with the recent articles that Connor O'Driscoll has written using the win the flex to help you specifically target this underdog format. And with the build that we have currently, there is a lot of flexibility down the stretch. Now we do need to hit on a couple of those tight ends, but there should be two players that we like available to us late. I've talked a lot about the tight end position and trying to get those stars in the FFPC, trying to get these incredible values at tight end late in underdog. I think players like Mike Kosicki, Albert O, Gerald Everett, Noah Fant are going to be extreme values. I don't mind having Fant here with DK Metcalf because I think that's going to be a nice floor play on a weekly basis to help us get through the non-playoff portion of the contest. And I think even with the quarterback play that he's going to get now, Fant is still just an upside play at tight end. We, we say it a lot, but his quarterback play is not going to get worse than it's been in the past. And he's someone who's been on the verge of breaking out. I mean, if he doesn't have the game last season where he has a little bit of the stomach virus and, and puts up a, a zero in the fantasy playoffs. And I think even that would allow people to look at him quite a bit differently and the enthusiasm level there would be high this team is going to be a lot of fun in the end column and it seems to me like you're probably excited that we actually went with Brees hall early we can yeah the main thing with that is if we get fant we get the metcalf fant double against the Brees hall stack against the jets because that's the game we want to be targeting the the jet seahawks week 17 shootout is going to get us there funnily enough i i do think that we have a couple of teams that have that combination so that may be what we're rooting for we are on the clock the options are here i think albert o makes the most sense here sean 
And I, I did joke a moment ago about having Pat Corain on the stream. We did actually do a more in-depth talk about the Denver tight ends on that show than, than most people probably would have expected. Uh, he is obviously a big Dulcich guy, and uh, I do think that Alberto's ADP is sliding too much at this point. It, it, you know, obviously you can have the the expectation, but you know, kind of two two round drop here at the tight end position is probably a little bit much. I think we'll we'll see that be a value there. We did miss out on Gerald Everett, Sean, who I think would have been an option for us. ADP wise is is going ahead of Fant. Terry and Davis Price was the next pick. Then we do draft Fant to give us two tight ends. So from having no tight ends to having Fant and Albert Okuabunum, I think that puts us in a, a pretty solid position. But we'll probably look to maybe add a third at a later point. But you took Fant there. Would you have taken Everett if both were available, or were you still doing? You know how we talked about you know getting getting the two of the Seahawks in there. Well, after you had made such a, a fun pitch for the Seahawks Jets game, you know, we, we expect both of those teams to be a little bit more fun than common perception, but obviously that's not the game that you're targeting. The prices that we're getting on those players, though, are good. I would have loved for Gerald Everett to be there. He's sort of the highest rostered tight end that I have in 2022. He's gotten a little bit more expensive. Obviously, drafters aren't completely ignoring him at this point. But still, when you look at most of the rest of the players being drafted around him, I would have loved for him to be one of the guys. Perhaps we should have gone with Everett first before Albert O. But I love the way that, that this came out. I mean, you're talking about two of the four most athletic tight ends in the entire NFL. They cannibalized each other last year. They are going to be facing receiving cores at wide receiver that cap their upside to an extent but it wouldn't surprise me if one or both of these guys is sort of the toast of the 2022 fantasy season. Yeah, I think it's important there as well, you know, to get, I know you mentioned Everett, but I think the stack and the the, the bring back option of Albert O made, made sense for based on, on what we did there. So Sean, we are into the late 13th round. We will be next picking in the 14th round. So we have a couple of selections left to go to round out this roster, a variety of options that we can play with. We are going to need some, running back depth to to help us go along there but we're in a position i think at the moment where we have a lot of flexibility to see how the draft comes to us and and then give us uh give us some options there how are you feeling as to what we need to do to kind of to round this roster out overall well ideally we would have been able to add jameson crowder in with the other receivers that we selected it would have been nice to have that bills play to go with higgins and the big play here, Sean's going to be to get the Justin Fields number one pass catcher, the recently acquired and Keel Harry is going to be the, the key to this roster. I got such an enthusiastic email from Ben when the trade occurred. So I, 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 I know you're not on Twitter, Sean, but pretty much every Rotoviz associated account had, had a comment uh, about it at some point. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I mean, Justin Fields may be the guy. Unlock Nikhil Harry there I mean we drafted Justin Fields and didn't even mention the fact that now he's got a locked and loaded receiving core with Nikhil Harry no I, I don't think that's probably going to be our pick column I did add DJ Chark to the queue he was immediately drafted we are sitting there with six wide receivers we'll add one more late because we did get a couple of early running back picks we don't have to be heavily skewed to running back at the very end here but we do need to fill out our running back depth chart only have three players i have 
eight guys in the queue looking at wide receiver i don't know that we need to pick one here unless you're thinking this is a good time to go kj hamler it's never a bad time to go kj hamler he's the only one on that list but i think he makes it back to us so if you i'll let you make your selection of running back and and then we'll go from there and i i know sean for anyone watching this on video i know for a fact that that was purposely left to the absolute last second to make that selection it was expertly done but um i think sean just wants to see I, and i'm really enjoying the comments that we are getting and we're getting lots of feedback on sean let you know leaving me in those nervy situations before the pick is made i wouldn't have been against marlon mack there but i do think that um Jared mckinnon is a higher scoring uh, option interesting that we did actually talk on a, a recent show about perrin jones and mckinnon you know at that cost i think at that cost it does make sense to get two shots at the the, the Chiefs backfield and I do also think it's a situation where the workloads they're receiving maybe from two different kind of varieties so we are back on the clock Sean I'm not I I, I would go Hamler here but you know um I it's up to you we are we are going to have options at Wendell and so on later on so if you want to go for one of the other running backs that's okay as well we do go with Hamler to get some more Denver exposure there we're trying to play up this Denver Kansas City game a little bit and column even though one of the things it's just more exciting sean it's just more exciting here's the list there's marlon mack chris evans who we do think things could work out for uh and we also have a little bit of a bengals connection but we have sony michelle hassan haskins dearness johnson eno benjamin you have to tell me that how, how much of a debate was there between kj hamler and those guys none really right all of these guys except for Mac, have ADPs outside the top 200. It is kind of fun to put them in there all on the same team. It's going to be somewhat unusual for drafters to have reached for all of their final running backs. Michael Dubner in the upcoming Best Ball Bible is going to discuss a little bit about how there's some advantages to taking players who are not generally being drafted or to mix them in together at the end of drafts. But to be able to play that Denver Kansas City game a little bit more and still have all of those guys available to us. And we're not going to lose more than one or two as we go down the stretch here. We also do have some other interesting wide receivers. As you mentioned, Will Fuller, Julio Jones, Wandale Robinson, David Bell. You know, David Bell, someone else who is falling because now the quarterback play is expected to be very, very poor. Wouldn't necessarily expect this to happen, but if Deshaun Watson is available for the fantasy playoffs if the suspension becomes sort of a 75 percent suspension which i would consider to be the best case for him i wouldn't be surprised if he's suspended for a year and a half or more the time he would play would be when you needed it the most and i think that david bell is going to emerge as the wide receiver one there or at least has a strong possibility to do so it's one of those plays where i think that bell is either going to emerge as a star relatively quickly or you're perhaps going to have to wait and maybe his career tracks a little bit more like tyler boyd those two players although there are some stylistic differences there are some slight size differences similar qualms from the community about them if david bell had been even just a little bit faster he's someone who just would be going so so much higher based on his body of work a player who was an immediate star at the college level from day one and so and you, you mentioned as well, Sean, uh, Michael Dubner's work on, you know, some of the players who are going, you know, in the late rounds are undrafted and taking those. And another one that I've noticed a lot of times going undrafted in the, these particular formats, 
with 18 rounds is uh, Taekwon Thornton as well. So I think there's like some interesting options if you are looking for flyers, the wide receiver position in those last rounds, because time and time again, he is not been drafted. Um, but how are we looking here? We are six picks away. Probably do need to now dip into these running backs as we kind of get a little bit closer to their actual ADPs at this particular point. But maybe still a little bit early. <laughs> Well, Marlon Matt goes. So now we're looking at Chris Evans, Sonny Michelle, Hassan Haskins, Dernis Johnson, Eno. Eno, someone generating some enthusiasm recently. I think there's a chance that he continues to rise. Also a chance that he just completely falls off the map. And so you want to be aware of that. Dernis Johnson, there's a slight possibility of another trade happening in their backfield. Evans, the Cincinnati connection. Michelle, right back in the situation that he was in last year where things fall the right way. He can be a dynamic postseason contributor. I might be... T- Hit me with the tight ends. Who's there at tight end? We have 17 seconds to go. Hayden Hurst. No, we're okay. Eventually, we'll get my guy Brevin Jordan, but we're not at ADP. I think Chris Evans makes sense for the, the Bengals side of things here. Um, the other one that would have could have been interesting, and we'll see when he comes back... Are, how many, are, are we locked out now at wide receiver, or are we still looking to add them in? For me, the tight end I would probably go for here is potentially the the Brevin Jordan pick. Not very exciting, but we're looking to add some depth. The other ones that are here uh, is Uzama, if we want to really load up on that Jets Seahawks stack, <laughs> is the other option. And uh, I don't really think we have too many options uh, outside of outside of those guys. But how are we looking? What do you want to finish out with here in terms of construction? Is the the first question. I might lean to another running back and another wide receiver. If we got locked out of everybody we wanted in round 18, I would be okay coming back with Jordan. I'd feel very strongly about Fant and Albert O to the point where I do think that the wide receiver and running back options are higher scoring. And from that perspective, one of the things that we've done is draft some three tight end builds. But when that third tight end was going to be a real potential hammer, at this point, I think if you can have a, a Will Fuller or a Julio Jones, you'd probably have to lean that way pretty heavily. I was going to say Julio, but we'll take Fuller. Um, Do you think that, that Julio is, is much more likely to be signed into a good situation? I just I don't think there's a need for Julio to play unless he's going to be in a good situation. I think Will Fuller is still a little bit younger, and I think that he... I don't think he carries the same cachet around the league probably that Julio Jones does. And I think even when Julio played last year, although it was not great, there was more from him in 2021 than there was from Will Fuller. So I would expect him to not come back unless it is a very good situation for him. Um, I think Will Fuller still has probably the highest upside, but we've just seen over the last two seasons, there's been a lot of missed time from him. I think there might be more going on with Will Fuller and this is obviously speculation than just injuries. And that's what probably would make it a little bit concerning for me. Yeah, the wide receiver market has been tricky enough with players like Christian Kirk, who are not at Will Fuller's level, getting these massive contracts that it would be hard for Fuller to sign a one-year sort of prove-it type of deal, but he may have to do that. And so I think he's looking for the right situation to arise. There could be things going on behind the scenes that we don't know. There hasn't seemed to be any real interest from the Dolphins for him. There's been no interest from the Titans for Julio, despite the fact that he played well last year when he was healthy and they need more wide receiving help. 
I think that that sends a little bit of a sign too that people and teams are not necessarily looking at Julio as the perfect mentor for some of the younger guys. We know that AJ Green has had some effort level and perhaps some attitude issues as he's kind of gone down the stretch of his career, but it is odd to see a completely washed up player like AJ Green <laughs> generate interest in multiple seasons from the Arizona Cardinals and for Julio Jones to still be unsigned. I expect both of those guys to make an impact in 2022. Will Fuller was the wide receiver seven by in per game scoring for 2020. So as 2021 gets wiped out, He's never had the full big season because he's never been healthy. But a lot of the injuries, I had wiped out from my memory. (laughs) Yeah, I mean he was he was amazing, right? He's one of the hardest players to cover in the entire NFL. He gets open at will. It's a matter of has he figured out some of these soft tissue injuries? But then last year with a shattered finger, that's going to be a fluky type of development that it's going to be hard for you to avoid. But then also it seems like it created a dynamic where because he wasn't able to show things NFL teams. Once you put that, even if that's a fluke injury within the context of all the rest of these injuries, then when teams are are doling out these big sums that wide receivers cost at this point, it can't help but give you pause. And so perhaps he's dealing with something like that. Perhaps it is something behind the scenes where there is a red flag that we don't know about. I definitely wouldn't recommend drafting Will Fuller until the 17th, 18th rounds. But at this point, it still feels like more or less a no-brainer at that price. Yeah, and we're, we're looking at those potential ADP rises. We've talked a few times, Sean, about both of those guys, you know, Julio and um, Julio and Will Fuller, expecting them to, to rise here in ADP once they are signed. The one question I have is, the recent question we had on road of his overtime around when you're drafting players and the efficiencies in the market, is there a cutoff point that if he isn't signed, for example, that you would stop drafting them? Let's say we're a week out from the season and both guys are drafting. Is there a cutoff point to say, let's not, let's not be drafting these unsigned veterans at this point. Yeah. I think that too, in those leagues, if they're going to go completely unsigned or I should say undrafted, then you're going to have a chance to bid on them in free agency. And that may be the path that you want to take instead. I don't know that there's a a strong cutoff, but the closer we get to the season, the more skepticism you have to have. And then it's a matter of balancing what type of player you want with your round 17, 18, 19, 20 picks, depending again, obviously on your format, you're likely going to want to stash players in those last three or four rounds in a redraft format that you can see what they do right and then make the free agent decision in a best ball format obviously like we're drafting right here you're going to have to consider making that pick because free agency is not a part of the equation column we are into our last selection michelle haskins dernis johnson eno benjamin brevin jordan did go a little bit earlier in the 18th round here uh, for me this is probably between sony and eno do you have a third pick or which guy would you like I think maybe Eno makes sense for the stacks that we have. Just Sony makes sense from an ADP perspective. And maybe, um, you know, that will be. But if we look at the way the games are going to play out, um, the I, I know we've talked a little bit about maybe the overemphasis on week 17, but Dolphins have the Patriots and um, and the situation you talked about earlier about potentially getting Rondell Moore as the Cardinals and the Falcons. So, um, and 
a bit like in, in Keel Harry, Sean, the, the thing I kind of done a little bit of a kind of a joke around the uh, Godfather where just when I thought I was out, you're going to be back in. And uh, Eno, I think, will have that hold on us for quite some time. <laughs> we do end up, though, we'll do a rundown through the team as Sean pulls it up. But that was a lot of fun running through the, the draft. As I mentioned a couple of times, if you are playing over at Underdog Fantasy, Dot com. You can use the code ROTOVIS and that will give you a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. So this tournament, $5 entry, basically getting uh, 20 free entries and that sort of a situation. So Sean has pulled up the draft board here. We'll get it set up, but the code, once again, is ROTOVIS over there. As we run through our overall draft, we start off with Jonathan Taylor from the 102. Then we get T. Higgins and A.J. Brown. I... <sighs> I don't know if the T Higgins AJ Brown part is is unique, but that's based on my experience because I've done it a lot of times. <laughs> that makes that's what you draft every time there. Yeah, that, that is, but that is a pretty much ideal scenario from the second spot there to get the the dip of one pick on Taylor and then to get Higgins and Brown. We do go with Brees Hall. Uh, then we get DK Metcalf, Joe Burrow as our first quarterback, Drake London, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore. The trio of rookie wide receivers there. Then we get Justin Fields, we get Ronald Jones, Albert Okuabunam, Noah Fant, back-to-back tight ends. And then we get Jarek McKinnon, who has been adding in a little bit this offseason over the last couple of weeks, certainly. Then KJ Hamler, our guy, Chris Evans at running back for the Bengals, Will Fuller. We finish out with Eno Benjamin off the Cardinals. And again, we're looking at these big backs and running back ADP. We have a couple of options that could potentially emerge as the second running back in Arizona if something was to happen to James Conner. But getting an 18th round pick, I think, on Eno Benjamin there makes a lot of sense. Sean, the one thing I didn't get to ask you during the show, and it's a question that came in to me a couple of times over the last week or so on Twitter, is KJ Hamler and his recovery from injury. We talked quite a bit about the likes of Chris Godwin and his return. You know, we have different players at different stages in their recoveries. Any concerns around KJ Hamler? And again, based on this roster, it's not ne- ne- a necessity that we have him for those first six weeks. But any any concerns for his recovery from the injury at this point? I've read some mixed reviews of his recovery schedule. Now, he's in a, a better position than those receivers who were injured at the end of last year, although. His was not simple. a simple ACL tear. There was a little bit more to it. He's rehabbing a, a variety of sort of peripheral injuries with that. And that perhaps extends the timeline a little. The Broncos have been blown away by how he's worked at this. They seem to really like what he offers the offense. I think that he has a chance to be, you know, the wide receiver one, the wide receiver two on this team not necessarily in the first half of 2022 and maybe not even in 2022, but as things develop, you look at 2023 and the future. And if you think that that is the long-term view, then you also like this price at 1502 for what could happen in the second half of this season. So you mentioned, you know, if he goes on PUP, if he misses the first month, that wouldn't be ideal, but we have a lot of wide receiver firepower. We've got a good mix. One of the things that, Blair has written about in the past is the value of some of these veterans late. We take Hamler, we take Fuller, we take Jarek McKinnon, obviously at the running back position, the two tight ends that we have are established. We have that youth and upside with the trio of young wide receivers that you mentioned. 
we've got the size and the wide receiver one ceilings for guys like T Higgins and AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Metcalf with the QB problems, but at 502 to be drafting someone who recently was the overall wide receiver one in dynasty. Now he wouldn't have held that through the Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson eruptions regardless, but you're talking about a player and a talent over and a size that fits so perfectly for what you want in this contest. I don't think anybody's going to have a, a bigger bodied wide receiver core than what we have here. When you talk about half PPR and the team, big wide minor, receiver. Yeah. I mean the minor additional relevance of the red zone and the touchdown scores, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Drake, London, Traylon Burks, you have that. And then you have the vertical guys in Hamler and Fuller. It, it's just a very fun team in terms of being well-rounded in the types of ways that I think especially work for best ball. But this is the type of roster that I would love regardless of the format. If you're talking about a redraft main tournament, I would like it for that as well. And just again, to throw in, you know, the, the Brees Hall pick was a little controversial amongst us, the, the co-hosts here, but now that we can see how the rest of it played out to have a second potential star running back, given who we got later, I guess, I mean, I was the one who was arguing for it in the first place, but sometimes you argue for something and then you have a little bit of remorse because the draft doesn't play out in exactly the way you thought, or you don't like the players that you got later. I think it actually did turn out perfectly this time, not to say that it always would. Yeah, no, I think it, it did play it really well. And I, I like to... I've been talking to Zach behind the scenes sometimes when we're doing the, the drafts and sometimes like I'm not against a pick, but I just like to make it seem that way during it just for the entertainment purposes of the draft. So we have drafted Brees Hall a lot. I, I'm happy to draft him, but I like to add in that little bit of fun. I think how it played out to get him paired with uh, Jonathan Taylor and then to be able to wait. So when we wait at that point, you know, we do get access to Burrow. We get Metcalf, we get London. Um, you know, we just get so many other options to fill that in. Sky Moore, for example, Traylon Burks, Justin Fields. We get all of those guys then before dipping back in for Ronald Jones in the 11th round. When you're getting Ronald Jones in the 11th round, I think it's giving you a lot of flexibility to then we get our two tight ends. I think the tight ends really worked out well for us. I know Fant was a little bit above ADP, but based on weight, on, AD, on, on tight end and then being able to do a two tight end build, I think is... Uh, is really positive for being able to really load up on those other positions then so very very excited about how the draft went excited how the roster finished up hopefully everyone has enjoyed listening along and hopefully you give us some feedback on how you think this team looks but that is going to do it for this bonus edition of road of his overtime a lot of fun drafting with sean as always great time hopefully this team can cash out at the end of the season win some big prizes over at underdog fantasy if you're signed up for a road of his nfl pass use the promo code rv radio 2022 at checkout get yourself a 10 percent discount on your road of his pass sean mentioned at the start of the show pulling up the adp over at underdog on the road of his website great tools for all your best ball content whether it's ffpc or underdog so get access to that get access to all the content like we talked about a few times, Michael Dubner's work, Sean's work, all available on rotaviz.com. There's lots more to come before the start of the season, and they'll keep you updated throughout the season as well. So once again, that promo code is RVRadio2022 at checkout on rotaviz.com. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OvertimeArland. Of course, you can check out Sean's work, as I mentioned, up on rotaviz.com. And until we're back with another show, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. 